Wait, what? Wait, what? We're back on and we're mm. back live. Hey, you. So, like, I am convinced that that Dr. Howard has this bug. <laughs> and when, when oh, start- was that who you were talking to? Maybe. No. What? Maybe. What are you Oh my god, sorry. don't get distracted. Don't get sorry. distracted. Sorry, Focus. sorry, sorry, sorry. Focus grasshopper. Focus grasshopper. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> as I was talking about in part one, as I got to talking about it, I was talking about this tacky looking fence that's now around the front part of uh Legacy Freshman. And um <laughs> This tacky looking fence that was around Legacy Freshman. And it felt like it just went up overnight, like literally overnight. Because I had no idea over the week. I mean, they literally did it over the weekend. And uh, today was the first day that people had seen it. And um, I got a call from a school board member who was actually two school board members called me. Uh, to get my opinion on it. And the first one, you know, I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Are you talking about the big giant, you know, eight foot fence that goes around the field? Cause I hate that. It makes it look like it's a prison yard. And he was just like, no, I think there's a new fence. Huh. And I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. So then later on, I was headed to somewhere else and I got a call from another school board member and, um, They were asking me about the fence. And I said, well, I'm leaving my house right now. I'm going to drive by there as we talk and take a look at it. And so I did and drove by. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is this is this is bad. This is ugly. This is. Describe the fence for me. So it's a chain link fence. um, That's probably, you know, eight to ten feet. It's a tall fence. And um, it has these slacks in it. It has these long uh, strips. I don't think it's plastic. I don't know what material it's made out of, but they're these long brown black slacks that go all, you know, they go top to bottom of the fence and they're in between the different chain links. Like they're, they're woven into the fence. And it's supposed to make it to where you can't see out of the fence or see into the fence. Uh, huh. And they're like, they're like off colored from the rest of the school. And it just, I mean, it does not help the aesthetics of the situation at all. And they always already talk about legacy freshmen looking like a prison yard. And now this just seals the deal. And my whole thing is, okay, we've done this over here. Are we going to do this now at every single campus? And so the school board member, they called me the second time that was on the phone while I was driving around, told me that this was not done by the district. This was not done by the school board. This was actually done by the principal who uh, was the outgoing principal. They used their own funds, uh, being the school's funds, uh, for this project, and it's just now getting done. What? And, of course, the, the district approved it, 
and whoever our chief of security, they signed off on it saying yes, because one of the 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 few negative ticks, the district did a did, got a report card about the safety of our schools, of our campuses. And that was one of the major things we got counted off for uh, was how open Legacy Freshman was. And when you look at it from that perspective, it definitely checks the mark, uh, checks the box as far as closing in that campus and making it um, at least appear to be safer. I just think that they could have done it a lot better ways. Um, they could have built a fence that looks like the one on the back side of the building, mm-hmm. which is more of a brick base that has bars uh, in it, and the bars are at least maroon. <laughs> They're school colors, for Christ's sake. Um, but, you know, it accomplishes the same goal. Uh this was just, it was just poorly done. It's just, it just looks bad. And now the principal, because they have a new principal at the freshman school, um, we don't know, because I asked that school board member, well, how does the new principal feel about this fence? And are they going to keep it up? And that's when, you know, they told me that, well, the safety guy wants to keep it up because it checks that box. So whether or not the new principal won't, likes it or not, it's probably it's most likely going to stay. Now, will those hmm. slacks be repainted a different color? Could will those be replaced? Possibly, but this fence is probably going to stay up, and that's unfortunate. Did you take pictures at the at the lease? Because I just I'm so curious about this. There are pictures on. Um, I think I was telling you in a previous show, we were talking about the All Things MISD Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I first saw pictures this morning. Uh, Denise Norman had posted pictures uh, from the school. And when I saw it, I was just like, mm, I don't know about all that. And then I saw it up close in person. And I think that the pictures don't make it look near as bad as it looks in person. It lo- it's pretty bad in person. It's it's not bad. It's just tacky. It looks very tacky, and it and it goes and it continues this narrative that that particular school in that particular neighborhood is the most unsafe school in the in the in the uh, district, mm-hmm. where statistics show that that is not the case. It's far from the case. Uh, the problems, and, and here's the other question that I asked of the school board members, both of them actually. I said, well, is there any data that shows that people were walking up into that school causing problems? And he said, no, like that's not something that happens there. People don't just walk up and, and have an incident. So all the problems that happen at that school discipline-wise are internal from the kids who are already there. So the other thing that people didn't like was the fact that these, uh, that students would walk off and leave campus. Well, I'm not sure if these gates are going to keep that from happening because for one thing, I don't know that you can lock the gate like that because it's, that's a fire hazard. 
So right. you can't just keep them locked in and, and caged in like that. I think that that would be that's an issue. And the other part of it is they're ninth graders, they're high school kids. And so if they want to leave, if they want to leave, then leave. They can't, we, you can hope that they don't do that, but they're high school. And if they were at the high school, they would be able to leave campus anytime they wanted to. Wait, that's a thing. When I was in high school, you couldn't leave the campus anytime you wanted to? Well, technically you couldn't, but it's an open campus. And let's say you, you make it all the way into lunch and you go to lunch. You don't have to come back. Yeah, I guess you'll that's get, true. You'll, you'll get marked uh, tardy or absent, but you don't have to come back. You don't have to. As a high schooler, you do not have to stay on campus. Well, it's I wish same, I would have known about this damn near 10 years ago. <laughs> it's the same thing that happens at Permian. You know, we have all the doors are, are closed and everything, and we try to keep those kids in, in the school as much as possible. But when it's a class change period and those kids are on the outside, which, you know, most of them, because it's the, the campus is so crowded, you know, you're not going to be able to walk inside of the, the halls, inside of the buildings uh, to get to where you need to go and be there on time. A lot of times you do have to go outside and uh, through a parking lot to be able to get to where you go. Well, a lot of those kids, once they get outside, they would, instead of going to class, they go to Burger King, which is across the street. They go to McAllister's. And they go to Taco Villa. They go to Starbucks. They go anywhere but go to class. Hell yeah. And, and there is absolutely nothing that can be done about it. When we have pep rallies and assemblies in the gym, most of the kids don't go. Instead, they go across. The, they just walk across the street and go <laughs> to one of the other facilities. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, it, it's totally a thing, and it's been a thing, and I don't think anything can stop it from being a thing. That was too much it's, of a goody two show in high school. Well, same, same. I think I, I skipped first period like once in my life ever, and I went up to Oscar's Burrito and had a Super Burrito and went right Oof, back to class. Oscar's is so good. It's so good. It's great. They're actually my favorite um, place in town. <laughs> yeah, sorry, no doubt. Relevant. <laughs> right. But yeah, the Super Burrito. I mean, when you're talking about skipping school, especially if you're a legacy kid, you have to talk about Oscar's Super Burrito because that's where we skipped. Literally, that's where we went. <laughs> if you need to find a kid, just go to Oscar's. Um, so I, the, for me, the idea of closing these campuses and you know, sealing everybody up in there. I'm not sure. It's just not logical because, again, they're high school kids. They're ninth graders, and they do have some freedoms. We have to encourage them to want to stay on campus and not to go wander off to the park and everything else because as it is now, uh, currently, I see kids all – I mean, there are kids at the park. There are kids at the uh, MLK Center. There are kids all everywhere but class at any point in the day. They're all over the place. And so you're telling me that this ugly-ass fence is now going to keep those kids from going anywhere they want to. I truly highly doubt that, but maybe it will. We'll see. But that's what we have now over there, and I don't like it. I just don't like it. 
And if that's going to be the case, I want to make sure that every school, every campus that has some sort of open entry has a big, ugly-ass fence to go around it. Because you're not going to criminalize my campus on the east side of town just because it's on the east side of town. Hmm. That's got to stop. That's got to stop in Midland, Texas. It, I'm past. I'm way past that. That's got to stop. And if you're going to tear it down, which that's what they want to do anyway, is tear down the whole thing. That's part of the bond proposal that they're that nobody's talking about is that they actually want to just tear down the whole campus uh, and not build anything to replace it because they want to use that land for future planning for future projects based on on growth and need. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> you know, so I don't, it's frustrating. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. And I've let it be known that I will rally people if they if they want to tear down that, that school, that they have to maintain the campus. You have to maintain the fields that are out there and you have to maintain the tennis court. And that's for the sake of the community. It absolutely has to be done. That's non-negotiable. And if you don't agree to do that, then my community should not support this bond. Oh, we're about to go to war again, aren't we? I mean, if it, if if war is where we got to go, we, it doesn't have to be a war because they can just simply agree to do those things. But and the and the minute they slack on it, then it has to be war all over again. And I don't want to go to war. I want to support this bond because well, I know that there's. I hate that. I mean, if that's if that's what it has to be, that's what it has to be. But I don't want to go there. Please hear me. Everyone hear me. I do not want to go to war. I want to support this bond. Again, I want to support this bond. However, I have to support my neighborhood. I have to support the people in this in this particular uh, district before I can support anything that's in the greater MISD. I just have to. I just have to back my neighbors before I can back anybody else. So if you're not going to, if you're going to bulldoze it down, then at least maintain the fields, maintain the tennis courts. And, you know, if there is some future planning to be done, then stay true to your word and use that, use that, uh, those, that ground, that area. I think you make perfect logical sense here, Courtney. I don't. I try. I'm trying. (laughs) I'm trying. I don't think you're complaining about anything unreasonable. Well, they're unreasonable, but I don't think the things that you're bringing up are reasonable in the slightest, especially the criminalization of the east side of town. Yeah. So bad and scary. Yeah. And so they've built, you know, it was one thing when they built the eight foot fence and put it all the way around the campus or at least all the way around the fields. Like the first day I saw that, I was so angry. I was just so angry because it made it, it made the whole thing look like a prison complex. 
right in the middle of the neighborhood. Like, I live on that street. That's down the street from me. And and you're telling me that that my street, my neighborhood is so bad that you need to put up an eight-foot fence to protect the school? That's garbage. Ugh. It makes me mad just thinking about it. Yeah. And it's all based on perception. When when the reality of the situation is that there are at least two to three other campuses, maybe four campuses, that are have higher crime rates of things that are happening around the campus. Like not necessarily on campus, but around the campus that make those campuses much less safe than anything that's going on at Legacy Freshman. But we don't want to talk about that because those campuses are white in white and predominantly white neighborhoods. So we don't want to talk about that. Those people can't ever be, have any trouble. Everything's wonderful on the white side. (laughs) (sighs) It's funny because I always thought Midland Freshman was fucking ghetto when I went there. Well, I mean, but that's that that is also one of the campuses that's criminalized because it's on the south side. Uh, you know, it's 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 just the stigma. It's on the south it's oh it's uh, oh it's a south side school. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Do you have to wear a bulletproof vest to go there? Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> on the south side. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Barbie, what you ever. Oh. <laughs> go, off that on that, go off on that soapbox, Courtney. Okay, well, no, I'm, I'm done. That's, that's, that's what's on my mind is just thinking about, you know, how we present things in this district, how we present images, and what, even if we don't, even if that's not the message that that they are trying to send, it's the message being sent, and that and and that's not good. So MISD, just like you don't have any more black people in in your administration, doing things like this sends the wrong message. Even if that's not the message you intend to send. It's the message being received, and it's the wrong message. Hear me again. It's the wrong message. Listen to the optics, King. Yes, optics. I love optics. You're the king of optics. Yes. Yes. That's what's on my mind. That's my soapbox. It's good stuff. And it's not good stuff, but... (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate right. you bringing the information. Thank you. That's, um, that's what I do. That's what, that's what he does. Well, I try to do anyway. I don't know how successful I am at it, but that's what I do. That's what I try to do. Oh, one other thing that, that um, not necessarily that's on my mind, but uh, today was the first day of summer band. Um, probably just about everywhere. But I can speak to Permian because that's my program. 
and uh, we saw that the the press release number from the first day of summer band at Permian is we saw over three hundred and fifty kids. Okay, over that. nice. Which is just effing incredible. Very, very nice. You talk about uh, a healthy program uh, that has three middle schools that are feeding into the program, feeding healthy numbers into the program. This is how you how you this is how you become the best program in this in this area. Anyway, I can't say in the state. But in this area, this is how you become the best programs. You have a healthy feeder situation where all three schools are contributing equally. And then your retention is incredible. So the kids that are in your program want to come back to the program. Like these kids are motivated to become the the back-to-back area A champions because that hasn't been done in the area. It's a lot like the NFC East in football. It's been a long time since there's been a back-to-back champion. And so Permian is looking to become the back-to-back Area A marching champion this year. That's awesome. Good for them. And so uh, this was the first day, and I'm really proud of the those guys in the program. I'm, I'm proud of all the directors. I'm proud of the student leadership. I'm proud of all the kids. I'm proud of all the freshmen who actually showed up. And so uh, – Another really exciting start for another great year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we're looking for T-shirt sponsors and, and trailer sponsors. So maybe, uh, Mr. Whalen, if you'd like to become a sub above. They don't sponsor. And, and, and be a part of Team Mojo, the finest band. In the land. We don't sponsor, and y'all damn sure not putting y'all little ghetto poster in the store. <laughs> well, we want to put y'all little ghetto uh, logo on our on our shirt. So it's now we are looking to like um we are looking to like cater for events. Like let's say you guys have like a home or away game. We are looking to kind of get some kind of a one of the schools around here and be able to provide subs like every every year, every other type situation, but see, we, we do that. We have what's called the Mojo meal on Fridays um, after school. You know, the kids can sign up to, and they pay an additional fee at the beginning of the year. But basically what it covers is a meal uh, after school, before the football games on Fridays that we give to the kids. And uh, we get those meals catered from different companies. Uh, we actually pay for it. Uh, comes out of the, you know, the boosters uh, take care of that. Depending on the game, if it's a road game, then the the uh, school district pays for part of it as well. But we are always looking for new sponsors, and and uh, everyone and subs are actually. It's so easy to serve. Um, we do it with the box meals and everything, and you know we would we would absolutely love to have uh, Jersey Mike's as. as one of our partners. So, yeah, I'm just about that. Yeah. Talk to us about that, Mr. Whalen. No, hey. That's my hey. job now. It's my, it's what he hired me to do. 
Oh no! Oh my That's god! That's what I was hired to take care of. You're the no man. I need to. I need to talk to the nice one. You don't get. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned I, to be the I, no man from him. If you think I'm the no man, he's the no man. Well, in that, I need to talk to Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah, probably. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Stephanie. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Got to know how to work the system, man. Well, mind I, you, I came onto this podcast right after work. Yes. Um. So I'm sitting at a pretty twelve percent battery. We should last. Okay. Should last. It should, last. It should be fine. Not it should last. I'm trying it should to last long enough. Right. Don't look at it because then it'll go faster. But it should last long enough to tell us about uh to give us a great millennial moment. I I want to have a I want to be on my soapbox for the millennial moment. Go for it. Well, I need you to help me understand something today. We're going to okay. figure this out together. How is it that your millennial moments always involve me? Because we're supposed to be on a co-hosted partnership podcast. Okay. <laughs> I make comments about your school stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just always find it so interesting. I'm just like listening. I'm like, shit, I'm supposed to contribute to this. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just like they put a fence up. <laughs> like, really? I'm just like, what? <laughs> uh, I am so bothered by the societal perception that working in the food industry is like so bad, something to be ashamed of, something to look down on, like, and it's something that I've heard my entire life. You know, adults I would grow up around and they'd be like, You're still working at that sandwich place? Oh, you're still working with pizza? You know, and I used to work with pizza before subs, and then like, um, I'm friends with this kid at work, and he's like 20, and we have like a lot of really common nerd interests, so we kind of have friends around that. Uh, he's a really good kid. And so we're like talking the other day, and he's like, man, you know, I kind of woke up at 3 a.m. in a panic and had a realization. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, I fucking work in food for a living. And I'm just like, is food paying your bills? Like, did food just pay for your wedding? Like, did the owners of the food place that you work at just officiate your wedding? Like... <laughs> It's such a criminal thing that you work in food at a place that with our tips pays you like damn near $20 an hour. Like you're so ashamed of that. Like you could leave right now and you could go do better. Like, and it's just this societal thing or people just look down upon service workers so much, but like, and excuse my language, somebody's got to feed y'all fat asses and I'm a fat ass too. Like, someone's got to feed you people. So why do you look down on them so much? Like, if you're somebody that vehemently looks down upon people that work in the service industry, stop going to restaurants. Because clearly you don't approve of those people working there. And I don't understand. I just, I don't understand. Like, to me, a job is a job. I don't judge, I don't judge custodians. I don't judge truck drivers. I don't judge, like, trash collectors. I don't judge people that work in the food industry. We're all trying to pay bills and survive and i don't understand why people look at people that work in the service industry as so much lower than other people like i just don't get it i don't get it and i don't like it and it's getting to a point where it's like very 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 much frustrating me anytime i kind of hear negativity towards it man that's a solid millennial rant right there yeah that is very solid and you you know you're absolutely right i I can't argue that at all um 
society has always looked down at, at on the food industry. However, when we were in COVID and we during the, our days of COVID, we deemed the food industry as essential, essential. workers. You know, mm-hmm. we, we didn't want them to stay at home. We needed them to get out there and cook for us and provide our, our meals and everything else. And so no one was no one was looking down on the food industry during our days of COVID. Everyone was looking towards the food industry as you're our only hope because you're the only ones working it and can feed us. Yeah. And so uh, we do need to get back to that. And we do need to stop looking down at, at the food service industry as, and people that are in it as in, oh, this is the best you could do. Yeah. Like, no, there are people who make, who do incredibly well in the food service industry. That's like, it's, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's an industry. I mean, it is a major economic industry and it should be respected as such like for years even i kind of did it for years like man all i do is work at a sub shop like i'm not doing anything with my life like blah blah but it was mostly because you know anytime i would talk down to people and i would say oh yeah i work for like a jersey mike's i'm a general manager they'd be like yeah that's a great little temporary thing to you find your real career like you don't know how many times in my life I've heard that. Right now, Jersey Mike's is paying me more than a lot of people with four-year college degrees. How do you feel being two hundred thousand dollars in debt with nothing to show for it, and I close at nine o'clock every night and make more money than you? Yeah, I don't. And I guess I have some kind of internal bias too, because like you never catch me working at McDonald's. You would never catch me working at a Taco Bell because there's something about like the fast food drive through, but I'm just like, ick, no, I don't want to do that. But I don't look down on those people. I'm just like, that is not for me. I would not do that. Well, now, like, wait a minute. What the hell is the damn difference? For me, it's, it's the, uh, it's the pace. Jersey Mike's is fast casual. So it's a little more like, I don't feel as like, cause we have to bust our ass. Like our Jersey Mike's is very busy, but like, there's something like when you, when you see like McDonald's in the peak of a rush, man, those people look stressed, bro. Like I would not want to do that. So that's not me judging them. It's just me going, that's not for me. You know what I'm saying? But that's the difference. I'm not like, Oh, you suck. I'm just like, yep. Nope. That is not for me. I will stick to my Jersey Mike's. I will stick to my slicing sandwiches, but I don't look at them. Like they're like bad people for working in the service industry. And I don't understand where that perception comes from that you're stupid or you're lazy or you're unsuccessful or you're this, you're that because you work in the sort like the food service industry. I don't understand that perception. And it disgusts me at this point. It actually kind of infuriates me. You know, I think part of it is because of the skill set involved and needed to be in this, in the food service industry, you know, do you need to be the best at math? Not necessarily. You have a cash register that does all that for you. Do you need to be the smartest person in the room? Not necessarily. You need to know the certain, you know, you need to know the order numbers and what, what's part of this meal and what's part of that meal. Um, I think that that's where some of those things come into play as far I think it's a skill set thing. Yeah. They causes people to have that perception. Um, doesn't make it right. Of course not. And, you know, it's not even something that I necessarily agree as someone who 
whose first job was in, in uh, the food service industry. Um, I know it takes a lot. It, it, it takes brain power to be able to do those things. Uh, it's just that the John Q. general public doesn't necessarily see that. Right. That's a, that's a, like I said, that's a very, very healthy rant. Yeah, I needed to say it. <laughs> I was very annoyed with the guy I had the conversation with. I and mean, I just started thinking about just all the times in my life that I've like visibly like seen people look at me funny or like friends of mine. They're like, oh, yeah, that's such a good little thing you have going like they're like, oh, that's like so nice for now. Like, not like this is my career. And also it's like for me, it's like, why do you not look down on like restaurant workers the same way you look down on somebody that like works at a Jersey Mike's? Like, to a degree. Well, it's the, like, I get it if you're a three-star Michelin chef. Okay. All the well, that's the that world, same, you know? To me, that's that same hierarchy that you just talk about, you know, the way that you look down at McDonald's. I did not say look down. Good. I said that's not for me. I don't want to work in a no. busy-ass place, fast food, drive through I just don't want to be in that environment. I don't look down on them. I just I just don't want to – I don't want to do that work. That's a lot well, of work. <laughs> that's the, I'm sure that's the way that you know a restaurant waiter feels about a Jersey Mike's. Yeah, so. it's a hierarchy. It's cancer, and I am just really over the way society perceives it. But that's all. I don't. I don't have too much to lie. I never. I don't elaborate as much as you do. But I just. Why uh, not? It's fun. Oh, I don't hate <laughs> on you for it. I just don't have the. Uh, I don't know if the necessary, but I just, I just, I don't have the, I don't know what to call it. You just have a way of like to stretch things along and I just like say what's on my mind and then I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> I, I feel you. But, you just, you're not long winded. I'm long winded. I can okay. be, but a lot of the times when I rant, I just say what I need to say and I'm like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> okay. Rant yeah. over. Yeah, exactly. But. And we were yeah. fine, by the way. Phone sitting at a nice ten percent. I was stressing for nothing. Right, dude. Yeah. I just kept seeing it tick down because when I got home, it was at thirty-eight percent, and I was just like, "It won't <laughs> stop going down." <laughs> so maybe your phone is what canceled the, the last uh, ep- the part one. Like your phone was just know. like, oh, "I can't do this!" Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Stressed know. out, clicked off. But- but uh, yeah, I don't know. As somebody who's built a very successful career working fast casual food service, I uh, you people that think you're high and mighty, do you want to hop behind the counter and do it with me for a day? We'll see how you handle it. It's true. I got to say, but I will also say this: not everyone who works in the food industry has your trajectory. You know, is is on your pace you know, your growth pace. Like, I would think that you're more of a outlier. You're more of a, a rarity than you are a norm. Would you agree to that? Yes, but can I counter that? Sure. I think only because people feel embarrassed and ashamed that they work in the food service. If the food service was seen as a nice, respectable career like it is in places like Europe, I think more people would stick with it and more people would build a career out of it the way I have. But people feel this in, like in, indelible, whatever the word is, this, like urge, this need 
to get out of the food industry and go work for somewhere else and go work for a real job so much that they don't take the time. But I've it t- it's taken me 10 years. Well, I've been working since I was 14 years old. I'm now 26. I have been in this industry for 12 years. It took me damn near 10 years with the same company to just get to where I am now. And if more people would give it that kind of time, then maybe I would be more of a norm and a rarity. So yeah, I do agree with you, but is that because I'm special or is that because other people have been made to feel like they're lesser than or they should feel ashamed of being in the industry that I'm making a career out of? Hmm. Hmm. That is the question. Like there's I people like you where you did it for like however long you did and you're like, oh, this is not for me. <laughs> like that's fine. But you don't look down on people that work in the industry. Yeah. You're just like, no, it's not for me. It's not my thing. Okay, wonderful. I would kill myself if I had to work a nine to five office job. I need to move. I need to be moving. I need to be talking. I need to be like, I can't sit for eight hours. However, I can't do you that. say that, but you've not experienced it. I did when I worked in the the warehouse job. I had a little bit when I was doing like Jersey Mike's three nights a week, and when I had like a warehouse job, like honest to God, like eighty percent of the time we were just sitting around in the office like filing invoices and stuff, and then like twenty percent of the time we were like moving things around with the forklift. Like that was a very much sit down and type kind of job, and I hated it. <laughs> hated it. But you're right. I haven't like fully experienced it. But I know that I'm a person that likes to be active, likes to be moving, likes to constantly be doing things when I'm at work. And you always call me a workaholic. I can't really be a workaholic when I work in an eight to five. I don't think I could. I don't know. I haven't been ever in that industry. I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, because you can definitely because you do work overtime and you work until you know things your projects are, are completed and you know everything mm-hmm. is done and, and, and it can definitely be a I definitely was a workaholic when I was in corporate America. And I really just stayed glued to my seat. I was the type of person, I was the type of employee that was all over the building talking to everyone. Uh, I would much rather have go and have a conversation with the department rather than send an email. Um, I was a very hands-on person. When things didn't work out in the warehouse, rather than me send an email to a, a warehouse manager, I actually got my ass up and, and went out into the warehouse to go and yell at somebody. And so, you know, it was, I don't know. I just, I think a lot of it is how you approach it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, if you don't want to be glued to your desk, you don't necessarily have to. Uh, but I can see, you know, but that's the common perception is that, you know, you get there, you clock in, you sit there at your desk until it's time for lunch and you clock out and, eat your lunch all miserable and sad and then you clock back <laughs> I don't think about it like that. <laughs> you go back to your desk and sit at your computer and type, 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 answer a call, answer a call, type, 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 answer a call. Okay, it's time to go home. Clock out, slide down the dinosaur and go home. <laughs> yeah, and I guess there's misconceptions about every industry, but I just feel like the food industry is just looked down upon so much more than like somebody works an eight to five. Like that's a real job. You get your weekends off. Yeah. And it's just like I don't know. I mean, I'm sure somebody who works like, you know, trash collecting or something is like, Oh, you think you have it bad, buddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but I just yeah, I, I just understand that like, there's places in the world where working like 
food service industry is like a very, very respectable career. And here it's just seen so just, I don't know. I've said, I've said how I feel a couple of times already, but it's just uh, something I, it's just a perception. I'm, I'm very, I've grown very tired of. Right on. And it's definitely a perception because I think part of why I've never really felt that way is because I'm raised by a janitor. My dad, uh, my dad has cleaned buildings all my life. It's mm. the way that I got to do everything that I've done in life is because my dad picked up a broom and a mop and he was cleaning somebody's building. And so, you know, and he did it with pride and he did it with great honor and he made good money doing it, you know, as he became his own boss, he became his own, you know, business owner and had it, had a, his own crew that he was responsible for. I didn't um, know your dad owned his own business. That's awesome. Well, yeah, for a while, for a while, he was he was the boss. He was he was the head honcho and would assign people to go and clean. And most of the time, that you know, they don't show up, and so he has to go out and clean and do it himself. But uh, there's one lady who uh, worked for him at a building, and she is now a grandma. We have there's this grandparent program um, with Senior Life. And they are in some of the schools. They're in my school at Peace. And we have these grandparents all over the place. Well, this one particular grandma um, is someone who worked for my dad. And she always talks about, talks to me about, you know, how, what a great boss my dad was. And how he was always so kind and caring. And, you know, anytime somebody, you know, needed a day off, he would be like, of course, you have a day off or you need some help with this, let me help you. He was very hands-on. And she was always so, you know, always been so appreciative of my dad for being the boss that he was. And so, uh, you know, it just made me, it, 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 it makes me have a whole different type of appreciation for people who do those jobs that I would necessarily don't want to do. Um, yeah. Like I, I, I've said it before, my custodian, my head custodian at Peace is my unsung hero. He is he is amazing. The way that he can keep like literally keep our school together from falling apart on a day-to-day basis. Man's incredible. Right. I leave school and it looks like a tornado hit it and come back and it's the most pristine building in the in the world. And this happens every single day. And I'm just like always amazed. And he's just like, yeah, that's just what I do. Yeah. So. So yeah, there there's there's a necessity for every single job that's ever been created. We all work in an ecosystem. We're all reliant upon each other to do our individual jobs and responsibilities. So. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Good stuff so, today good stuff today in this two-parter i hope people actually listen to the second part of this they never do they never do but hopefully they do especially since you know it cut off right in the middle of something that was kind of interesting well normally if your mind is advertised in part two they will if it's my segment of part two they don't fuck with it well so maybe maybe that's what we'll do maybe advertise it as as my mind is in segment is in part two Oh, I will. And then we'll go from there. I said I'll see. people listen. <laughs> Whatever. So. But, but yeah. we know we know one people, one group that will listen, 
is our good friends in Canada. I've missed <laughs> you, Canada. I've missed I've missed talking to you. Uh, some of my stream I've been doing some streaming here lately, and there have been some really great Canadians on, and and I've had a chance to sing "Oh Canada" many times. Oh no, the, the most beautiful national anthem ever. Just are they it. just visibly cringing the whole time? No, they're like, oh, th- what is this all about? I can't <laughs> believe this. This American knows our song. All eh? of it. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> love Canada. I effing love Canada. Maybe that's maybe that's why I retire. If they can ever figure out how to make it not as cold in the global winter time, warming. we got you. Well, global warming. You're right. You're very. That's very true. Global uh, Canada is going to become the new Florida. Hey, man, the boomers, the boomers and your generation made sure to leave us a warmer world. And honestly, we thank you for it. (laughs) There you go. There you go. It was mostly the boomers. (laughs) It was it was the boomers. We were just like, um, you know, my generation, it was just like. Uh, we probably shouldn't use those styrofoam wrappers for the Big Mac. Maybe we should use paper. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. And now we use cardboard box. <laughs> right? Cardboard box. So, you know, it. I think I would like to say that we didn't start the fire. It's always burning. It's been burning since the world's been turning. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, 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 drop my wine Uh-oh. glass. Uh-oh. It's fine. Though. Don't I drop was, the wine glass. I was practicing sounds picking empty. it up with my toes. I was going to say it sounds empty anyway. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, go and refill it. Uh, just like all of our listeners, go and refill your glasses and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. Uh, we can't wait to hear from you again. Make sure you check out Weight Sports and listen to that show. We'll have a new episode coming out this week as well. Um, be sure you check out our Instagram at WaitWhatPod22 and uh, the Weight Sports Pod at Weight Sports Pod. Right? Yep. Yeah. Weight <laughs> Sports Pod. Yep. Weight Sports Pod. I can remember. Yep. But uh, I guess if there is nothing else, Damien, is that anything just, else? Just, just answer my text message as soon as we get off. That's all I ask. Yes, I will answer your text message. We will, actually, I will call you and we will have a conversation. We will have a follow-up conversation. Okay. Okay. All right. So until next time, good citizens, have a wonderful night, a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next time. Later.